Doing the impossible is not something you make happen. It's something that you allow to happen. After conducting over 10,000 personal and group coaching sessions over the last decade, author and personal coach Jason Dries has unlocked the simple yet effective formula to accept and create success in your life on the most basic, instinctive level. In his latest book, Do the Impossible, Jason gives readers access to the same life-changing principles he provides in his personal coaching sessions. Ready to embrace success as a state of being? In this exclusive listener offer, get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off from the publishers at Bigger Pockets. To get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off any format, go to www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. That's 50% off any format, www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. Power blackouts. They happen every year, but guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more. I think there's more space right now for point-of-view television that has an opinion, but not an opinion that we're willing to die on the vine over. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's hopefully the perspective I, I'd like to bring to primetime television that, sure, you can have a point of view. What's my bias? I want the world to get better and smarter. Welcome to Arm Brain with Donnie Deutsch. I am Donnie Deutsch, and this is the podcast dedicated to a simple premise that everybody and everything today is a brand. Every uh, religion, every institution, every product, every every person, every athlete, every celebrity, every company, every presidential candidate is a, is a brand. And what we do here is two things. Uh, first off, we have an interview with a big, big personality about their own personal brand. And today it's uh, Stephanie Rule. Stephanie Rule, uh, who hosts the 11th Hour on MSNBC, very outspoken. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of business, a lot of politics, and a lot about her life. But first, um, we have what we call our brands of the week, where these are the brands that are driving the zeitgeist, who's up, who's down, when I say who's up, who's down, it can be a company, a product thing, anything. And um, why why we're going where we're going. So let's get right to our brands of the week. First up is President Zelensky uh, of Ukraine. I mean, he has uh, become a world hero and he's doing it. He's, he's doing a modern version of Churchill. Churchill was a quirky, relatable, you know, uh, imperfect character who used the radio and here we have Zelensky who's using his smartphone and he's unshaven and he's in T-shirts. And, you know, he's, I don't want to compare him to Trump because Trump is a, is a loser and he's a hero. But as a student using the media that's right for him uh, and he is galvanizing the world and you can't give a bigger brand up than we do for him. And as opposed to Putin, who gets a brand down, uh, you know, Putin's brand was always about strength, 
you know, with the pictures, the images of him riding shirtless on the white horse. And and he's never been, he's never looked weaker. The Russian troops look weak. Uh, he looks weak. Uh, he's, 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 should be, he's going to be charged as a war criminal, uh, dropping bombs on hospitals, killing kids. Uh, the opposite of a hero, the opposite of strength. And, and the, and history will 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 grade him accordingly. Next up, brand up for Poland. Uh, Poland has been taking in refugees. They've taken about 1.4 million people in already. It would make it the second largest. The amount of refugees would make it the second largest city. They're going to pass the amount of people that would be larger than Warsaw, their biggest city. So they're really opening up their arms, and they're doing things like. Women are leaving uh, um, baby carriages at the train stations because they know women are arriving with no supplies of babies. And Poland is really stepping up and and uh, got to give a brand up to the country of Poland. I think this is going to stay with them, this image, for a while. Brand down for Goldman Sachs, brand up for J.P. Morgan, brand down for Deutsche Bank. You know, Goldman Sachs announced that they were pulling uh, all their business, doing business, not doing business in Russia anymore. But they're still cashing in on the war. They've been selling Russian debt to U.S. hedge funds and using a legal loophole in the Biden administration sanctions to do it. Um, the company's acting as a broker between Moscow's creditors and U.S. investors. So it's not true. They haven't stopped doing business with them. And uh, they go, let's, let's, we got to shine a light on that. As opposed to J.P. Morgan, that says they're going to they're going to suspend all operations, doing all business in any form with them. Brand up for them and brand down, brand down for Deutsche Bank. This is of course Trump's old bank who says they're going to still be doing business there that they can't unwind. So Deutsche Bank, uh, good luck defending that decision. Brand up for Twitter. Twitter removed tweets by Russian embassy in the United Kingdom for denying violent events. Twitter took down two tweets by the Russian embassy for what social media giant called the denial of violent events during the ongoing Russian attack on Ukraine. So stepping up Twitter, doing their job. And Facebook, interestingly enough, which doesn't allow posts suggesting or... Uh, generating violence, but they're allowing, they're allowing platforms in some countries to call for violence against the Russians and the Russian soldiers. So they're going against their, their traditional credo uh, and allowing things to stimulate violence as long as it's the violence against the, the Russian soldiers. Brand down for American stress levels. Americans' stress levels are at the highest ever. The uh, American Psychological Association found that U.S. adults already weary from two years of the COVID pandemic, are now overwhelmingly troubled by inflation and the war in Ukraine. According to results, 87% of those surveyed cited rising costs of everyday items as a significant source of stress. But that's the 84% of the Russian invasion of Ukraine is terrifying to watch. It's very unusual they get 80% plus stress factors for anything, but both the Ukraine and uh, the cost of goods is causing amazing stress. Brand up for Mike Pence. You never thought I'd say this. You know, he continues to separate himself from Donald Trump. And that alone makes it makes him uh, both smart. You've got all the toads, toady folks still following Trump. And he's setting himself up for an alternative. And um, he did it. He's been doing it in different instances. And he's complete divorce from Trump. And we give him a brand up for that. And I think it's he's going to become a viable candidate because of it. Brand down for a few reasons for Donald Trump this week. First of all, his... his uh, Social media platform, social Trump social has been a complete failure. Secondly, there's been uh, his wall, his great wall. There's been 3,000, I think I talked about this last week. There's been 3,000 uh, incursions against the wall, his great wall. And my favorite is he's raising money for Trump Force One because his own private plane is not good enough for him. He wants a, a plane that is similar 
in strength or whatever to Air Force One. So he's been hitting his fund people money. He's been hitting his people up fundraising all his followers so he can get a better plane. It is amazing. And people will actually give money to that. And then they deserve whatever they get. Brand up again for Batman. It hit even higher than last week, $134 million with its debut at the box office. It continues to go. But I bring this up because brand up for the Penguin. Penguin is getting an HBO Max spinoff. Colin Farrell is going to reprise his role as the iconic villain. So there you go. Uh, brand down for the 2020 census. Once again, they undercounted Hispanic, Black, and Native American residents, uh, saddled with daunting logistical and political obstacles. Uh, they seriously undercounted the amount. Uh, the overall population count is 323.2 million. Um, they overcounted supposedly white and Asian residents, the Bureau has said. So census brand down. Florida lawmakers, huge brand down. They approved an election police force. That's right, the first of its kind. Two months ago, Florida Governor Santos proposed a plan for a powerful elections police force that would answer to him. Uh, has asked for nearly $6 million and to hire 52 sworn officers who would be stationed around the state to investigate alleged violations. That's just what we need, election police. Uh, brand up for Volkswagen. They're unveiled their electric successor to the iconic bus. They can make the gas free frequent. You know, they, they, they've been trying to figure out ways to bring back that amazing, you know, the Volkswagen bus, the two-tone bus, you know, with the no front and, and the big logo in the front. And now they're bringing something back called the, the ID, um, the ID buzz. Um, uh, it will come in passenger commercial variants. Uh, it will be available in long and short versions. Uh, this is going to be a home run. I mean, this is because, you know, it stands for everything electric vehicles about way before electric vehicles existed, obviously a counterculture and, and doing right and all the things that the, the in Volkswagen in the glory days of the 60s stood for that bus stood for Woodstock and Flower Power and all that stuff. So be interested to see what, how that electric, but certainly a brand up. Brand up for Tinder, making criminal background checks available on your dates. Yes, that's a good idea. You should at least know you're not dating a criminal. I think that's a good idea. We're going to leave it at that. Brand sideways for Major League Baseball. Well, the lockout ended, so we'll give him credit for that. But the brand has been tarnished. You know, the NFL has had such an amazing run this past year, I mean, past years. Uh, basketball is as hot as ever. Major League Baseball needs needs a little help. Um, I think the brand is a little worn out overall. Um, I don't think they have the cadre of stars that the NFL or the NBA has as faces of the league. You know, some of the best players in the league, like Mike Trout, does not play on a winning team, has never been kind of a out-forward person in the league. And there are great young players coming up, Ronald Acuna, uh, Juan Soto, but none have really come forward, you know, Carlos Correa, none have kind of come forward and become faces of the league, and that's what you need. So Major League Baseball, I'm going to give them a sideways. NFTs, we know NFTs are brand up. Trading in NFTs by 21,000% to more than 17 billion in 2021. And look, you may not understand NFTs exactly. You may say, oh, they're not here to stay. They're here to stay because young people believe in them, and it becomes a fait accompli. So if young people believe collecting digital images of things is, is, is valuable or more valuable than owning a painting on the wall and it's digital and it stays on your phone, but it's just as valuable, then it is. Then it is. Who, who are we to say no? So brand up for NFTs. And those are our brands of the week. Let's get to our interview with Stephanie Rule. She's great. She's one of my favorite journalists, uh, TV personalities. She just got a big, uh, big bump, if you will, she was hosting the 9 a.m. hour on MSNBC. Now she's hosting primetime 
11 p.m. Uh, she was great on 9. She's even going to be greater on 11. Um, she just tells it like it is. She really, really, really does. And what I like about her voice on MSNBC, she's not just taking the progressive uh, torch and marching along with, her, with the 90% of the people at MS. She's got her own voice and can talk the other side when it needs to be talked up. So here's, a, here's my discussion with Stephanie Rule. Okay, I've run a business. And the most important decision you make in business is hiring. That defines your business. I don't care whether it's a small business, a big business, that's it. And that's why you need Indeed. It's really simple. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. It is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. I'm telling you, Indeed, I've run a business. Indeed is the way to go. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can do it all. It stays with you every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes of Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet you must have requirements. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNet. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash onbrand. Uh, offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash onbrand to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash onbrand. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. I want to talk to you about ShipStation. If you have a business, you, you got to listen to me on ShipStation. Online shopping is not slowing down anytime soon. And is your business ready to keep up the pace? With ShipStation, you'll never worry about shipping again. Make this switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. Keep track of orders from any sales channel. Easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates and automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. To me, the best thing about it, it's easy to use and the money you save. Those are the two best things. And if you're in the business of shipping and pretty much if you're selling anything you ship in these days, uh, this is ShipStation is the way to go. Save time by following all your orders into one simple interface, no matter where you're selling. Manage every order, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website from anywhere, even your phone. No more headaches from dealing with returns or return tracking. ShipStation makes it easier. Save your sanity, knowing your orders are handled and you're getting the best rates. Make shipping the easy part of having an online store. You've got bigger things to think about. No wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it. That's incredible. For as long as they're in business, it's that good. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code Donnie to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Donnie. ShipStation, make ship happen. I love that logo. I love that saying, make ship happen. ShipStation. I am thrilled at today's guest. She's a friend of mine. She's a very familiar face, if you watch MSNBC. She's a very familiar face anywhere. She is, of course, the new host of The 11th Hour, a very prestigious, important perch on MSNBC nightly. She, of course, had the 9 a.m. slot. She is also the NBC News senior business correspondent. She, like me, came from the business world. Uh, I think Steve Ratner, yourself, and I are the only faces on MSNBC who kind of come from that other world. 
And um, you bring a lot of perspective to the table. There's a lot to talk about today. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're working the night shift these days, so it's not easy. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Donnie. I appreciate it. It's great to see you. How's for how's the adjustment going from morning to night? I mean, you've got you've got two sons and a daughter. You've got a very full life. It's not something that you flip a switch easy on. Uh, no, it's really hard. Uh, I, I you, here we are talking at nine o'clock in the morning, and I just left the Today Show, so I haven't really made a full shift. But more, you know, if you're a working parent, it's not like when you leave work and you get home, you can be like, "Ugh, Calgon, take me away. I'm going to take a <sighs> bath and go to bed." You walk in the door, and your kids have. 800 things and their hair needs to be French braided and you got a thank you note to write. So uh, I haven't really sorted it out yet, but I'll get there. These are blessings. It's a high class problem. These are high class problems. You had a great moment where we're just kind of with the ultimate uh, symbol of a working mom on television when you were doing report and your 11 year old son was like sprawled across your lap as you're, you're doing it during COVID. But again, that's a gift, right? You and I have the privilege of getting to work from home. And so um, if we have to work extra hours and we're straddling kids and parents and other stuff, so be it. Think about what COVID was like for uh, people who are essential workers, whose kids were doing their work at home by themselves, who had to go to work every day. So, you know, I just think you always have to put in perspective when you're complaining, look at the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Look at gas prices right now, right? Everybody's losing their minds over gas prices. And and I get it, especially if you're struggling financially, suddenly filling up your tank when it's, when it's costing, you know, 70 bucks and you're used to it being 50 bucks, that really hurts. But you've got to put it in perspective. You know what the other cost could be? Our sons and daughters on the front line in Ukraine, Ukraine. what we'd be spending with our military complex if we were using different levers other than economic ones. So I think you kind of have to put everything in perspective. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get to talk a lot about the Ukraine. First, I want to just go back to you. Your your kind of history is an interesting one. Jersey girl went to Lehigh, uh, went to Credit Suisse. First boss did. Was that your first job, Credit Suisse? It was. Um, I went to Lehigh originally to study engineering, uh, and after a year, I realized I did not want to do that. And I had an I have an older sister who had just graduated college, and I thought, what am I going to do? I'm at I'm at an engineering school. Should I leave? And she said, No, go abroad. She said, I just got out of school and I've realized I have two, three weeks max vacation a year while you can, while you have these four years, see the world. And so I did. I left school and I studied abroad uh, for the next two years. I studied in Guatemala, Kenya and Italy. And while I was in Italy, I wanted to stay in Europe, but I had no money. And so I thought, where am I going to get a job? Oh, they have banks all around the world. So I wrote letters to Lehigh alumni saying, I would like to work at a bank overseas. And I got a job with Merrill Lynch. Uh, Unfortunately, they sent me back to New York. And so I went to work for Merrill Lynch the summer between my junior and senior year of college. And a trading floor is a lot like a newsroom, right? A a massive space, high energy, super team environment. And I had some awful back office job, but I'd have to deliver things to the trading floor. And I thought, I don't know what anybody here does for a living, but this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. And I met two guys who are interest rate derivatives traders. Uh, and I said, hey, if I come in really early and then I come after my shift, can you teach me about what you do? And they said, yes. And so uh, I spent the summer kind of working with these two guys. And then I made my rounds and I thought, OK, I guess I'm going to go work in banking. And I, I made my rounds interviewing at all the banks. And, and to be totally honest, I a little bit cheated my way in. I, I was interviewing at all the banks and they send you to New York for these like final rounds. Yes, with and it was the night before right, yeah. I had these final round interviews, these all day interviews, it's like big deal. 
And one of these two guys takes me to dinner with seven other super nerds that worked in banking with them. And uh, we're all out to dinner like, oh, she's interviewing for sales and trading tomorrow. And they all worked at different banks. Like, oh, we do a bunch of those interviews. And so they start talking about those word problems that they ask. That let me tell you, in any scenario, I never could have answered any of these questions. You know, like two trains are going from east to west at 60 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they're just talking at dinner about all these silly word problems. And I'm half paying attention. I get to my final rounds the next day and they ask all of the questions I heard the (laughs) night before, all of them. So there I am, Donnie, in any other scenario, I would never have known. And there I am like, hmm, hmm, 42, 68, 11. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And so uh, I ended up uh, making my way through it. I, I, I went to Credit Suisse after passing with flying colors the word problem exam when the truth is i didn't know the, i couldn't have worked out any of them and you became like the their leading producer uh in in derivatives uh selling derivatives and so tell me all of a sudden you're on a fast track there you're kicking butt you're doing your thing and how does the world of tv introduce itself to you so the truth is i was always always interested in tv even even as a little kid as a storyteller you're a brand guy um but I, I ended up in banking, kind of two years into banking. I almost left to go to journalism school. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy who went on basically to run Credit Suisse, uh, but at the time was sort of a mentor of mine, said, do not go to journalism school. He said, let me be clear. You go to journalism school and you go get sent to Tallahassee or Tuscaloosa. Your sensibility does not work outside New York City. <laughs> he said, stay doing what you're doing. There's not a lot of women who do it. You could really, you know, make a good living for yourself, make a lot of money for yourself in the next 10 years. And then you can go pursue doing whatever you want, but stay here, do what you're doing. And it was great, great advice. Um, and so I did. And kind of the, a bizarre, when I, when I first started in banking, you know, I worked on, on a big trading desk. And again, this sounds ridiculous, but for me, it was all about relationships. And I realized, what do these guys need that I have, Right. And the truth is they needed to go out every night in New York City with their clients. And so when I was 23 years old, I met every single doorman, mater d, uh, nightclub runner in New York City. And I made dinner reservations three nights a week. But I told all these guys I work for, yeah, the only way you can have the table is if I come too. And that's how I met all their clients. And so it was all, and, and, and so I end up meeting all these clients when I'm 23, 24 years old. And Again, it's it's not any different from from news. It's about building a relationship, mm-hmm. right? If you can get an audience or a client not to give you the best ideas, but to trust you, then you can do business for a long time. And sort of that's how I built my business in banking. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of always had TV and journalism in the back of my mind. Um, and I started to do a lot of um, Recruiting for banking, I do a lot. I I founded the Women on Wall Street, uh, part of the Women on Wall Street uh, group, and the 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 investment banking women's group. And I used to do a lot more public speaking. And kind of the first time I went on CNBC, I thought I really like this. And I remember I I I just left being on TV, and you know it's the huge adrenaline high. And I'm sitting in a diner in Fort Lee, New Jersey, by myself, and I'm on the phone with my parents. And I'm saying, oh my gosh, like maybe I was like 35 years old at the time thinking, oh my gosh, I love this, the energy, the excitement. And I'm talking with my mouth full and my mother says, what, what are you doing? And I said, oh, she, what are you eating? And I said, oh, I have a eggplant parm in front of me. I have a linguine <laughs> with clam sauce. And she goes, really interested in TV? 
And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, try to zip it and ask for a doggy bag. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> and then a year, a year, two years after that, I was, uh, I had done a little bit of TV. Um, I was involved in a group called the White House Project, which is a women's empowerment group. And mm-hmm. the woman who ran it was a na- woman named Tiffany Defu. And she had the, the, the advisory board, the corporate board, all sitting around the table for a meeting. And she said, women and minorities always get lumped together. Women and minorities. And she said, but if you take the 50 most powerful black men in the United States, they do way more for one another than the 50 most powerful women. We do a lot to get women in business. We do a lot to get women back to work after we have children. But she said at the top, 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 we're not really thinking of each other. And she said, each of you are senior in your industry. You need to think about what you want to do next. And someone else at the table has to say, I'm going to get you there. And it was my turn. I didn't even know what I was going to say. And then I said, you know what? I've always wanted to work in media. Since the financial crisis, we have seen banks, the financial industry destroy its own reputation. And the truth is, the banking system funds the American dream. It's what makes it, 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 it it's what fuels, it, it's, what, yeah. it's the money that makes this country great. And I said, and banks have not been able to tell their stories again, right? We don't tell stories of great entrepreneurship. I've always wanted to work in television. And there was a woman there who ran human resources for Bloomberg. And she said, I'm going to be the person to get you there. Wow. And the next day, she introduced me to a guy named Andy Lack, who at the time ran Bloomberg sure. Media. Right. And Andy said, in the new world of media, it's one of the reasons people love you, Donnie, there's no more teleprompter readers and presenters, which is good because neither of us are that good at that. Yes, no. And he said, you have to know the content, love the content, and the audience has to want to have a relationship with you. Yeah. And I said, I've got one and two in spades. And number three, you'll have to roll the dice. Right. And I, I give credit to a, a guy named Todd Bowley, uh, who's one of the guys who owns uh, the Dodgers now. He's the one who gave me great advice during this time because it wasn't like I had an agent or anything. I was in banking. Right. And he said, you go back to them. And he said, everything is about risk management in life. If you can lower the risks they take for you and them, this will be a trade that works. So I went back to Andy Lack and I said, you can hire me for the lowest amount of money of anybody who works in this building and give me no contracts. You can fire me at any time. So, so lower the risk for you. Sure. Right. And on the other side, you need to give me a show to anchor and hire somebody to teach me how to be on TV. And he said, deal. Because for me, I was right. taking a, sure. a, a, a really significant pay cut because I was starting over. So, right. so there was no sense in me like arguing about like compensation. It was, is this a, a legitimate opportunity or not? Yeah. Yeah. There was, no price said, there was no price tag for that. Yeah. And Andy said, I'm in if you're in. And that was that. Well, I can't stand Andy Lack because he killed my Saturday night show and it was, the numbers were through the roof and he just didn't like my face and it was too controversial. You know what? So, it was your bravado. It was your machismo. You make you know, men feel small, Donnie. That's what it is. I, I'm, yeah, we're not even going to get into that, but it's, it, it, it is, I've run into that with male business TV executives over the years. You know, those, I come from a world where I kind of, you know, had a great degree of success and I've done this as a passion, not as a necessarily a career. And I've run into walls. Uh, I, but that's I upsetting to people, Donnie. Yeah. Just like for me, I, right, right. So as a woman who in my household, right, I'm only half the income. Right. So in theory, I don't need this job, right? You don't need this opportunity in yeah. TV. You want it. You're passionate about sure, it. Sure. But 
you run into people who they want you backed into an employer wants you backed into a corner. So you'll do anything for that job. It's what gives them the The constant upper hand, right? And so if they don't know what your financial situation is, they don't like that uncertainty. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. What, so, so all of a sudden you, you get this bug. It's interesting. I got the bug the same way where I was always, when I was running my ad agency, I was kind of the guy they would go to for, you know, if you did Today Show or CNBC wanted something about branding, whatever, they'd go to me. And every time I do it, I got high from it. Mm-hmm. And every time I do it, the producer who was interviewing me or the interviewer would go, are you really good at this? You, you should do it. And, and I just, I fell in love with it. And, it's, and everybody has said to me since I started doing television and media, you know, why don't you go run a business again? And I can't. It's like, it's a different bug. It's a different nerve. It really, really is. It's just- But Donnie, uh, for you, right? I'm your super fan. I love watching you. People can you. see how much you love doing it. And you love doing it, I think, because you care about the viewer. You care yeah. about America. You care about what you're talking about. And I think it's that connection that is probably why you love it and why people love to watch you. Okay, that's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, customized for your needs with a great-looking online store that brings your idea to life and tools to manage your day-to-day and drive sales. Shopify is tirelessly reinventing tools for growth for millions of businesses, helping them succeed every day. Every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. If you're selling, basically, if you're selling anything, you need Shopify. That's simple. Get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. Access powerful tools to help you find your customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. 24-7 support. You're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash Donnie, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. I'm telling you, you sell anything, you need Shopify. It's that simple. Please trust me. I'm a, I, I'm a, I ran a multi-billion dollar business. So start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Donnie right now. Shopify.com slash Donnie. You have, and I, I share this with you also, that CNBC can tend, I mean, CNBC, MSNBC can be, tend to be, I think, particularly in prime time, a bit woke uh, and not necessarily in touch with uh, where the overwhelming majority of the, the, the country. And, and you and Joe Scarborough and Nicole, myself, a few others are, are a little bit more um, towards the middle. And how is that? Do you get any management push on you at all? Do they? I actually think if MSNBC had their way, they'd be doing straight news because it's a pain in the ass for them. If you really, if you really think about it, CNN also, they have to do business. These, these, you know, whether it's uh, Viacom, whether it's Comcast, has to do business with the government. And they, this is now programming and a business model that they are, I don't want to say stuck with, but I think if they had their way, none of this would be opinion or it would all be straight news. And so the it, government. What about advertisers? Advertisers, right? yeah, obviously. Yes. So, so as much as, listen, what we could say that that happens in Fox News is 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 so. I mean, it's it's horrible the misinformation it's, it's, that goes it, out there, r- r- and r- they've r- lost r- an enormous amount of advertising. And obviously, we are not doing the inverse of that. However, you have got all sorts of advertisers, commercial brands that are just saying, you know what? I don't want to I don't be to in yeah. that space. 
it's just too much of a risk for me because people who, if you're, if I'm getting boycotted on one side, I'm going to get boycotted on the other. So it's a problem. I think, um, listen, I think the woke thing is a bit of a sliding scale. Like, like one thing I, I think it's easy for you and I to say, can't we just meet in the middle? Can't we just, um, make small changes and, and progress over time? And I do believe that. But you and I also saying that and believing that we can because we both come from a place of privilege. And I remember I was in an airport once and Kara Swisher said it to me because I was saying, oh, my God, Kara, like the way the the way Democrats are moving so far to the left, they're going to lose the middle. Right. It's what got Joe Biden elected. Lots of people didn't necessarily love Joe Biden, but they were so repulsed by Trump. They thought, you know what? I don't like government. I don't want big change. Just give me something in the middle. And Kara said to me, that's because you've never been at risk, Stephanie. And that's true, right? I've, you and I have never woken up no. and been worried about feeding our kids. Because or, of a, yeah. we, but we've never been a target because of our race, our sex, our ethnicity, right. our religion, our sexual preference. And, and so to us, it's easy for us to say, don't burn the house down. Let's take baby steps yeah. because we've never had our own house burned down. So I think in terms of me understanding um, people who are saying we need to break the system, I understand the position they're coming from. However, I think there's a huge audience out there that wants news, but, but something else. And I, 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 when I think about the, the, the kind of content you create, I do think it's similar to, to what I do. There's a difference between having a point of view, which we both have, mm-hmm. and deep ideology. Okay. I have a point of view, but I'm willing to change it. Me too. I would yeah. love for Donnie Deutsch or, or an expert in any sort of field, come on television with me make me smarter, make me better. And maybe I'm going to change my point of view, right? The world is changing what we expect in society and culture and business. All these things are changing. Think about the Me Too movement. Think about what's acceptable in business today versus five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's a totally different world. And so I think there's more space right now for point of view television that has an opinion but not an opinion that we're willing to die on the vine over. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's hopefully the perspective I'd like to bring to primetime television that, sure, you can have a point of view. What's my bias? I want the world to get better and smarter. So along along those lines, what you know, it's interesting. It's a different, I don't want to say different responsibility at at primetime than it is at nine in the morning. Nine in the morning, it's just the world's getting up and there's news is breaking. And so tell me the difference in your job as you see it now, sitting at the desk, it's 8, p- it's 8 p.m. California time. It's it's prime time in most of the country. It, even 11 o'clock is considered prime time now. What's your How does your job different now? How do you see it? What's your responsibility that's different now? Well, uh, I started my job a week ago just as Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. So I can't say that, I can't tell you what it's ultimately going to look like because right now, to be perfectly sure, honest, straight news, right? at 11 o'clock at night, what are we doing? We are giving our audience Here's the most important things that happened today. Here's why it matters to you. And here's where we think we're going. But I would say the biggest difference and opportunity that I have at 11 o'clock at night is time. I don't have breaking news. I don't have uh, press conferences. There's not things that are happening in that hour. So there's some time and space. And so I think we're going to cover the most important stories of the day with reporters who are, and there's a difference between 
reporters who are correspondents who are assigned to cover something today and they're giving you the information and reporters who have been on that beat for years and years and who can give you that perspective. And I also think we do have the opportunity to cover some cultural topics and not cover them as hot topics, right? When we've looked back on, on, on programming on television that covers cultural issues and hot topics, I rarely see them covered In from depth. a place yeah. of great research, yes. with great expertise. It often ends up glib and silly, yes. right? Everybody falling into their stereotypes, yes. right? Of being hyper-conservative or, you know, super woke. How about neither one? Let's just come from a reasonable place. And if we can cover cultural issues and actually bring on experts on these subjects, well, then hopefully at the end of that hour, we can get smart, better and smarter, right? Just think back to a month ago, or like, sorry, a few months ago when there were the elections in Virginia and Glenn Youngkin won. And there were lots and lots of parents who said they were voting. Education was their number one issue. And immediately people said, those people who are voting as education is their number one issue are anti-critical race theory and they are racist and that's the only thing that matters. That's pretty glib, Donnie, because you know what? Parents across this country, especially parents whose kids were in public school, yes, that's an issue for them, but you know what else is? That their kids didn't go to school in person for a year. And it's not that they don't love teachers. They got an issue with the teachers union. They have an issue with that it's a year and a half in and their kids weren't in school five days a week or the learning loss their kids experience. Those are giant issues for them. And so I think that oftentimes when we cover these zeitgeist issues or these cultural things, people jump to, well, that means X or that means Y. But my hope is at 11 o'clock at night, we're going to have time during the day. We're going to have time to travel, to see people, to understand these issues and not just some headline or some one-off extreme family and saying, this is, this is what represents everyone. It's not. And I think we're going to have the time and uh, we're certainly going to put the work in to try to tell these things in a smart way. Amen. I want to shift gears. Uh, um, obviously, we're living through history now, a, a dark part of history with Ukraine. I get, I, I'm sure just as somebody who's in the news and as somebody in your case who's an anchor, everywhere you go, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? How does this end? How does this end? And this is one of those ones where it's very, very hard to game it out. And give me your take. You got a front row seat. Where does this go? Honestly, Donnie, nobody knows where it goes. But I think there's only one question and there's only one thing to think about. And it's not, how do we push the Russian troops back? How do we get um, more support here or there? How do you get Putin out of power is the yeah. only question. Yeah. Okay? Putin, it, it, Russia, does all they have is state-run media. The majority of the country has no idea what's even happening in Ukraine. With every passing day, more sanctions that are put on Russia, more businesses that are pulling out. The Russian people are devolving into complete ec- isolation and economic demise. And, and we are seeing genocide happen in Ukraine. And all of this is because of the madman that's Vladimir Putin, right? Even all those oligarchs, his homeboys, blah, blah, blah. 
Those oligarchs don't live in Russia. No. They live in London. They live in the south of France. They live here. They're going to all of, of our private schools, yeah. right? The number one saleswoman at Bergdorf Goodman has her own enormous dressing room only for Russian women clients. She herself is Russian. Right. Those super wealthy Russians don't live there. They don't have they don't have Putin's delusions of grandeur that he's going to take over the rest of Europe. And so the only thing that that is going to stop this and that has to be focused on is how do you take this man out of power? You, That's it. You along those lines, you kind of wonder, okay, this is a guy who is upsetting the world order and upsetting the financial world order. And always, I always say, follow the money. You know, I mean, when, 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 always, when, always the, follow the money and then you'll find where the power is. You almost wonder how is there not the mechanisms with the, if you just say, okay, you have the entire world, including China, you have the entire world and the world's intelligence disposals, financial disposals, military industrial complex disposals. You almost wonder how does that not happen? That, you know, it's just that you would just think there would be the mechanisms that would somehow um, allow that to in happen. In theory, uh, and first I would say, I wouldn't necessarily include China. Keep your eye on China. Right, right. That's, right? Vladimir Putin and Xi are two leaders that unlike every other world leader, don't need to get elected in free and fair elections. Right. Right? China, he's going to be in power until he's dead. And Putin's going to rig elections until he's dead. Right. Right. That's that's very, very different from every other business leader and uh, government leader who needs to get reelected or reappointed every few years. Well, so Orban, that's I can different. say the same thing about Orban now and a couple of other huckleberries around yes, the world. Yes, yes. You, know. um, you, you are right there. Um, we have also taken our eye off the ball somewhat and let Putin amass more and more power, right? Vladimir Putin himself is one of the richest people in the world. Probably could be the richest, actually. Could Correct. be right. And so as you're saying, we're imposing this sanction and that sanction. He's got muddy money hidden in places that you can't even dream of. And the sick thing is, he doesn't care if the Russian people suffer economically. No. They already have been for years. Yeah. Since he's been in power, do, right? tell me, Tell me where Russia has thrived economically. New businesses, new industries. Russia is a th- it's developed. Economically, it's no, a third nothing. world country. It's a third world country economically. Oil and gas and wheat. Period. That's it. Period. See you later. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So then what's the, what, what you're, you're Joe Biden. You're, you're, you're the guy calling the shots. Obviously he's done a workmanlike job at this point, um, saying the right things. The sanctions are tough. What's the move? What, what's the move? You, you, you cannot engage militarily or theoretically you cannot engage militarily, then we really are. Uh, I know some hedge fund guys, Bill Ackman has said, oh, we're, ahead, we're already in World War III. I don't agree with that. But that does take us there. So what do you do if you Biden? You focus on how am I going to take this man out of power? That's it. Right. Right. This whole like, let's have diplomatic talks. Uh, it was Gary um, Kaczynski, the world chess champion, who said, You're not, there's no diplomacy with a terrorist. Yeah. There's no diplomacy with a madman. Yeah. Right. Earlier this week, Ukrainian diplomats and Russian diplomats met to talk about um, can they figure out um, a, a safe passage for for civilians to make their way out? And what did Russia offer? Sure. Civilians can get out and they can go to Belarus or they can go to Russia and or civilians made their way out and they were targeted by the military. They were shot dead. There is no negotiating. You have to get this man out of power and maybe the leader of Belarus. Okay, so the S&P is down, I don't know, 12, 13, 14% this year. Is, 
Andrew Ross Sorkin had an interesting headline is how, how do you invest when we're facing Armageddon? Because some big analysts have come out and said there is a 10% chance the world blows up. I don't agree with that. But so what does the investor do at this point? Okay, honestly, Donnie, this is when real investors, and I'm not saying I'm one of them, yeah. make real money. Yeah. Because since the financial crisis, when interest rates are set artificially low at zero, buying stocks is the only game in town. Anybody yeah. can do it, sure. right? If there's nowhere else to put your money in the world, yeah. right? If you cannot make a cent in the bond market, saving your money, you're just going to buy stocks, that's it. right? And so that's what people have done. Rates stayed low way too long. And then COVID happened. The Fed pushed enormous amount. I mean, like the greatest safety net ever and flooded the system with money. Stocks were the only game in town. So I think this is where you end up seeing sort of those original monster macro investors, right? The Paul Tudor Jones, the Stanley Druckenmillers. Like this is when these types of investors, they know where to go. But your average person who's like, where do they go? Hey, do you so see, where do you go? I, I don't know the answer right. to that yet. I, I, I don't know. Um, but just the idea of like, hey, I'm going to go long the stock market. Just because, especially just because you like a company, you got to pay attention to the valuation. Sure. Because where, especially those big tech businesses, where they trade now are millions of miles away from what their actual earnings are. Yeah. And maybe this is a moment where we actually get back to that, which is we should get back to fundamentals. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how far, how low do you think we go? I don't know. What we need to be prepared for is volatility. Yeah. Volatility in a bear market is, is a is, normal yes. market function. Yeah, particularly in a bear market. Forgotten. People forget yes. in a bear market that it, it you have the most volatile swings both ways. I mean, you know, it's just it's that's it's so hard as a and I'm not a super I'm an average investor. I mean, it's just so hard because you're I, not average at anything. I, I, I hate selling on the way down. It just it's every time I do it, I end up it regret hurts. regretting it. I I just, you know, and I, you know, so it's um, it's a very, very challenge. And then obviously, let's say we resolve, this war gets resolved, we're staring at inflation, you know? And obviously we know where that takes us. So it's we're in a little bit of a, a perfect storm right now. Yeah, but I actually, I just heard last night Chuck Schumer talking about more COVID relief money. And it's unclear to me why we need more COVID relief money. Like maybe there's pockets of places, but as it relates to COVID, that's bizarre. I'm not saying that there are not people economically suffering. There absolutely are. But A, there always are, right? Like, like a lot of restaurants have come to me in the last six months saying, we need another restaurant bill. Restaurants need more money. Like, let's remember in the American Rescue Plan, restaurants had carved out 30 billion with a B dollars. And the government, like they often do, did a really crappy job distributing that money. So you had some restaurants getting hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, and others getting zero. They did a bad job giving it out. However, in any year, COVID aside, loads of restaurants open, loads of restaurants close. We do have to, as we make our way through COVID, return to business normalcy. And business normalcy means there are businesses that go under. And there are businesses that sure, succeed. We cannot and should not live with a safety net. I want to talk a little bit about personal. You've got two sons and a daughter, and you're one of the few, not one of the few people, but you are a news, big news personality that also shows your private life. I commented the other day, you're, you're like, your son was doing a Darth Vader's sword <laughs> expedition. You were like- Poke a chandelier with that. Right, Thank this you very is much. My, this, yeah. this is my, I'm proud of my son, you know? Um, and I, I think that's, I actually think from a branding point of view, 
that you don't do it for this reason. You do it because you do it because you want to. That I think when an audience can get to engage with somebody as a human versus just sitting behind a desk, it makes them more compelling. And I think it makes the delivery of what they're delivering easier to ingest. Um, I definitely don't share my family as a, as a business strategy. I think no, my family, but I'm just saying, I think, I, think that it, my I think it just makes you more appealing. It's part of my life, my kids, my mother, yes. all of it. Um, do I think that it, it's, it exposes me? Does it expose my kids? Uh, it does. But I also think that having my life completely compartmentalized would separate my kids from my life. Uh, I think that there's times when it's hard for my family. I think there's things that are embarrassing for my family. Um, and I think there's lots of things that I'm going to screw up. But um, as a as a person on television, my goal is to, <laughs> in the same way that I was making reservations for clients at restaurants and sitting with them, if you can build a relationship, right? If my kids and my audience know, this is who I am. I'm trying as hard as I can. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to do stupid things. Um, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to embarrass myself. Sometimes uh, I'm just going to try to be the best person I can. Then that's the most I can do. Uh, I, I think that in a totally different place, I, I bring you back to advertising, right? Look at, and I'm by no means comparing myself to them, but look at the extreme success of reality TV and the Kardashians. Part mm -hmm. of that, I really think is, it is that authenticity that people connect with on a human level. And when I think yes. back to adver classic advertising in magazines and looking at that unbelievable glamazon, do you feel connected to that person as you do no. someone on the internet showing you their stuff? Right. I'm going to give you a famous yeah. example. Right. Look at Jennifer Aniston versus Angelina Jolie. Okay. Jennifer right. Aniston is like the your best friend from high school, mm. right? Who grew right. up in New York, who has maximized her career, maximized her looks, like takes care of herself, eats right, you know, considers herself, all of that. And because you feel connected with this girl, right? She's kind of right. your height. She's kind of your background. You're rooting for her forever. Yes, then you look yes. at Angelina Jolie, you know, supremely talented actress, blah, 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 right? But who is a perfect five foot 11 glamazon, like born a supermodel and people don't connect with that person as much. There's another thing they don't connect with. They, this, this is the woman that would steal your husband and Jennifer Aniston is, is your best friend that would never do that. There's a, there's a, there's a thing that emotes from people that you can sense. And that's what's that, that's another thing that's in there. hundred percent. And so I think that to. when you kind of put yourself out there in a real kind of embarrassing way, right. I was, I was, uh, a few months ago, I was, I was visiting my son and, uh, my, my son is 15. And uh, I took a picture of him in a TJ Maxx because we we're in a TJ Maxx and he tried on a $25 leopard print women's coat. And he said, I really want this coat. And I said, you know what? It's 25 bucks. You can have it. And I, I posted a picture of it and people were like, oh my gosh, like there you are showing warts and all. And I'm like, what's warts and all? Somebody who doesn't feel like paying retail. Somebody who sure. said, like, yes, for $25, if this thing is going to give you a ton of joy, go for it. But like the amount of ridiculous hate notes I got about it is crazy to me. But I think that we, we notice the people who criticize us more than the people who are on our side. And um, that's something we should be aware of. And if we can tell people we like what they're doing or we support it, we should do more of that 
because we're much more inclined, inclined to complain and criticize than just tell somebody right on. I mean, Donnie, every time I see a picture of you in a skin tight black t-shirt, I tell you, you look great. <laughs> Let me ask you, you talk, you, you've, you've written a lot about gender and raising your kids in the sense that uh, your th- kids theoretically seeing both a mom, a very successful mom, very successful dad working, should have certain gender perspectives, but because they see you, your husband always drives, the cues, the masculine cues are still there on the other side. Your husband drives, you don't usually carry money, that they still don't see the equilibrium in the gender roles. I found that fascinating. I read that in an interview you did a few years ago. It, I was it was really actually fascinated fascinating to me because we don't really talk about gender roles in the house, right? Like I live in a house where we're all basically just trying to get through the day. Okay, like we want to make sure everybody has pants on and their teeth are brushed and we made our way to work and homework gets done. Um, But it was one day, my daughter was maybe five or six and we were talking about what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to do what dad does. And I'm like, what? You want to be an investor? You don't even know what that is. I said, you don't want to do what I do? Like come to the Today Show, hair, makeup. Sure, yeah, yeah. And she said, no, I want to be the one who makes the money. And I went, what? (laughs) <laughs> I said, on what flat, like, a, 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 why on earth would you think it's only him it's and not me? And it's these tiny cues, right? It, it goes right back to that. My husband always drives. When we go out to dinner as a family, he pays the bill. He's the one who literally unlocks the door when we go into the house. And so it's funny. There are these, these places where we see how does a, a girl behave or a guy behave. I, I think that these things all kind of change over time. But for me, as, as important as it is, like how my daughter sees me, it's, it's as important how my boys see me, right? When I grew up, yeah. I grew up in suburban New Jersey. Very, very few people where I grew up had moms that worked. And when they did, it was like, yeah. oh, they have the working mom. And yeah. I remember when, when Biden was inaugurated and everybody was talking about what this means to their girls, to their daughters. It's also about what it means to my boys, how they see women, what women's roles are. And I think that, you know, it should kind of be a jump ball. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter who does what. Um, and even though corporate America is like, we're moving further and further, which is great. Culturally, from, from society perspective, we are not as, as, as progressive as we think we are. No, right? we're like, not. No, we're sometimes, not. right? Like I'll be at a school cocktail party and I'll meet a guy who's a stay-at-home dad. And I, I me, right? Who sh- for a second, I'd be like, huh, I wonder why he stays home. Why would I think yeah. that? I, right? yeah. I don't ever want to say that. Loud, but I catch no, myself. I catch myself. I'm going to give you one more example. And I'm, emba- I'm very embarrassed by this example. Good. But I love when you embarrass yourself. Former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Mm-hmm. We now have a current governor, Kathy Hochul. A couple of months ago, um, I was very, very fortunate to get invited to a women's dinner with the new governor. And it was a lovely dinner. And she's a lovely, lovely woman. And it was really casual and nice. And I remember I went home that night being disappointed in myself. And I said, you know what? It was a great dinner. I would have done more homework. I would have gone to dinner more prepared with questions, more nervous, um, even sitting up straighter if it had been Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo versus Governor Hochul. And I, was, I am right now embarrassed by that. So why, why that nerve? What, why? Try, try because that I part. still think a lot of us have this embedded, right? When, when, and I'm embarrassed by it. We need to change. Like, it's that like 
bravado, commanding respect, this ridiculous antiquated idea of what a boss looks or sounds like, none of which I believe I subscribe to, yet somehow in my subconscious, I guess I still do. I guess a little piece of me does, right? That when that ridiculous, you know, boss man walks in, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I better sit up and do I have my questions on a card? Versus this super talented, you know, but this slight woman. And I thought, oh my God, never in a million years did I think I was the secret sexist. But it's not conscious. Well, along those lines, secret sexist also a question, honest question also is interesting. And I, I know I would fail, not fail this, but I would be honest and I would take some shit for it. If your daughter came to you and said, mom, I want to be a social worker. And that's my passion. That's my love. I know you well enough to say, you'd say, great. If your sons came to you and said that, I'm using social worker as a, a, an amazing career, but certainly nothing that's going to pay you a lot of money and be able to robustly support a family. Would you have the same reaction in your sons and your daughters coming to you with that job aspiration? This is the most awesome question, Donnie. I mean, this is an awesome question because the truth is, you know, there's many, many answers to this, right? Like, yeah. I'd love to say like, yes, Donnie, I want my kids to do whatever they want to do. Um, right. It would take me time, right? Because I know that my gut instinct, I know that I would go full Louise rule, right? My mother, who everything is, can you support your family? Can you support your wife, right? Like for me, it doesn't matter how much money I make in this world. I will always feel like, can I make rent? I think that my gut instinct would be, how are you going to support yourself? What's different now about me is that gut response that I would have for my son. I don't think I would say it out loud. I think now yeah. in 2022, I would at least have the, the forethought to say, before you open your fat mouth, Stephanie, and, 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 and express a, a 1962 view, take a walk around the block and think about it. Yeah. And I would say the, the one place to think about that more than a social worker, honestly, is a teacher. Yeah, and, I could have put teacher in. I mean, and, I'm giving noble say, professions that are not- because yeah. we have a huge deficit right? We need teachers in America, but none of us, very few of us are actually willing to do anything about that, right? Mm-hmm. When, when I was growing up, there was very, very few career opportunities for women. You could be a nurse, you could be a substitute, you know, when I think about like my mom. Yeah, my mother, my mother was a teacher. She was, right? you could be a was, nurse, you could be a substitute yeah, teacher. Yeah. Now, fantastically, our career sure. opportunities, our ed- education opportunities, women can do anything, anything sure. right? And because of that, you have a much smaller pool of people that are interested in pursuing teaching. And that's a huge problem, Donnie. These are some of our most important jobs. And so rather than, am I going to judge my son because he wants to be a social worker? You and I need to take a step back and think bigger. A role like a social worker, a role like a teacher, these are among the most important foundational jobs that are going to change society. That you are, are going to but you're not, you're still not, the, the issue that I'm, the, that I'm poking at, I, I, by the nobility of teaching, nobility of social work speaks for itself. I'm talking about the same older perspective you brought to when you say a stay-at-home husband comes up to you and you go, do you do the same thing as if, if your daughter, maybe she's not gonna be able to support herself, but okay, she'll marry a really well-to-do guy where, you don't think that way on the other way around. And, and So I would say two things. So yes, even though that could be my gut instinct, I would no longer act on that. Where maybe right. five, 10 Good. years ago, I would. I wouldn't anymore. 
for my dog. But how my interest in my children making enough money to support themselves has at this point, especially given my own life, has nothing to do with whether it's my son or my daughter. It's the reason I worked on it. And I always have. It was my grandmother who said to me, always make your own money. It's hard enough to share a bed with somebody. You do not want that person to also be your boss. And the yeah, person who controls the money in the household ends up being the boss. And, and it was really important to me to always make my own money. Uh, my mother is a stay-at-home mom, and she's very, very lucky that she married a really good guy. And, when, and, 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 and this whole idea that, oh, my daughter wants to go in a field that maybe she's not going to get paid very much money. Maybe she'll marry someone wealthy. No. If any of my kids want to go do something for a living that doesn't pay them very much money, then that's okay. Then maybe they're going to choose a different lifestyle. But yeah. I don't want any of my kids under this notion of, well, go marry somebody to take care of you. Because I hear you. you and I, Donnie, all of us, that's, that's we're all on this journey alone. Right? Even my children, they don't belong to me. They're all on right. their own journey. I'm on my own journey. Nobody, you cannot believe that anybody is going to carry you. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody at the end of the day is going to pick up your tab. If you're going out to eat, you need to go out to eat every night thinking you're going to get stuck with the bill. And yeah. if you can't cover the bill, you better stay home. All right. I know you're a busy, busy person. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question that I ask everybody. What is the Stephanie Rule brand? What does it stand for? Work hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Okay. I like that. I like that. Stephanie My family Rule. motto is yeah. keep it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I make, and I make my children say it all the time and it kills them. You are a phenomenal success story. One of the nicest people around. I am a huge fan. And thank you for taking the time, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Donnie. I am, I'm so grateful that you asked me to join today. I really appreciate it. Love you. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Stephanie Rule. Um, remember to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. So rate, review, and subscribe where you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, anyplace else. And you can watch our videos on YouTube and please subscribe there and also leave comments. We want to hear from you. So we will see you next week. Our next show next week is Frank Bruni, uh, right columnist in New York Times, uh, op-ed writer. Now he's a guest columnist. He's a he's one of the most interesting, thoughtful guys around. He's got a lot to talk about. Uh, and we'll see you next week and be safe on, on brand. Hi, this is Jim Jeffries. I have a podcast out called I Don't Know About That. Each episode is a different subject. We bring an expert on and I say everything I think I know about that subject and then they correct me. Join in, listen to the podcast, you'll have a laugh and you might learn something. Follow, rate and review I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. Now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. You can also catch video releases each week on YouTube.